Hi guys, it's Rebecca Price. Hope you're doing well. Hope you've had a very blessed last couple of weeks. And sorry that it's taken me a while to get another podcast to you, but here we go. Um, let's jump in. Just going to talk about some scripture that I was reading the other day that kind of stuck with me. So um, let's talk about it. Let's go over it. And yeah, let's jump right in. So I'm in 1 John 3, and I want to start with verse 10. Um, and it says, By this it is evident who are the children of God and who are the children of the devil. Whoever does not practice righteousness is not of God, nor is the one who does not love his brother. So there God talks about two very different things, very different, you know, two, I mean, two evidences of, um, of you know, who that separates the children of God from the children of the devil. But I'm going to keep reading. For this is the message that you have heard from the beginning, that we should love one another. We should not be like Cain, who was of the evil one and murdered his brother. And why did he murder him? Because his own deeds were evil and his brother's righteous. Do not be surprised, brothers, that the world hates you. We know that we have passed out of death into life because we love the brothers. Whoever does not love abides in death. Everyone who hates his brother is a murderer, and you know that no murderer has eternal life abiding in him. By this we know, love, that he laid that he laid down his life for us, and we ought to lay down our lives for the brothers. So it's talking about Jesus laid his life down for us. But if anyone has the world's goods and sees his brother in need, yet closes his heart against him, how does God's love abide in him? Little children, let us not love in word or talk, but in deed and truth. By this we shall know that we are of the truth and reassure our heart before him. Um, all right, so I'm going to stop there. So what's interesting is uh, here we see that there are evidences of children of God versus children of the devil. And I think what's interesting is it is it focuses, it shines a light on several different things. First of all, it talks about deeds. And it goes back to Cain. And if you don't know the story of Cain and Abel, so Cain and Abel were sons of Adam and Eve. And they, Cain uh, murdered murdered Abel. It was the first, um, first murder uh, mentioned in the Bible um, of, of people. Cain murdered Abel and because uh, Abel was obedient to God and brought an appropriate and acceptable sacrifice to God and God looked on favor with his but Cain was disobedient and uh, God did did not look upon his with favor and Cain got angry and in anger he killed his brother and then turned around and acted like you know when God he pretty much lied to God because God said where's your brother and he's like you know, what am I, my brother's keeper, my, my brother's babysitter. So, um, Cain did, you know, he murdered and he lied. Uh, but that's the story of Cain and Abel. And so he compares Cain's deeds to evil. Well, how do we know that Cain's deeds were evil? Because evil, because it was demonstrated through his deeds. It was demonstrated, evil was demonstrated through his actions because not only was evil, um, in his heart, but it was expressed through action. Uh, and the same through Abel. Abel expressed obedience in his action. And so God shows an emphasis here on deeds. Um, and some people think, well, that's legalistic and that's this and that's not. God says in the Bible, if you love me, you will keep my commandments. It's not legalistic because um, keeping God's, like keeping the commands of God is not what saves us because no one can ever keep all of the law perfectly. Jesus was the only one that did that. So, um, 
you know, there's no salvation through the law, like the Pharisees said. There's salvation in Jesus Christ, who kept the law perfectly and lived perfect on the earth and was the perfect sacrifice. That is what our salvation is through. However, God does say that faith without works is dead. So if we claim to have faith, and I say this a lot because, you know, there are some churches, again, that teach that you don't have to obey God. You just have to believe in Jesus, and then you can live however you want to. And that's contrary to Scripture. Because God says, faith without works is dead. So if you claim to have faith in Christ, you're going to that's going to be demonstrated through works in your life. Because here God is using this using this story and he's saying we know that Cain's deeds we know that Cain's deeds were evil. We because they that's what the deeds were. They were a demonstration of the evil that was in his heart. And he talks about the importance of righteous deeds versus unrighteous deeds. So if someone, for example, says that they are a follower of Christ, you're going to see that in their walk. You're going to see that demonstrated in their life through how they speak, through how they treat other people, which leads into loving your brother. What's interesting is um, there's another portion of scripture, and I'm not sure it may be in first in somewhere in First John, um, but it says if anyone says he is in the light but he hates his brother, he's lying, and the truth is not in him. You can't hate your brother. But you can't be of God but hate your brother. Um, and that's a very, very strong passage. And I think that's a very good passage when it comes to battling a spirit of racism. There are some people out there that, that think that they can hate other races. And, and yet, and, and yet they're, they're going to go to heaven. And that's not, that's not the, the case. They're lying to themselves. Um, because Jesus uh, loved us so much that he gave even his life. And it mentions that in here. It says, as Jesus laid his life down for us, so we should lay our life down for others. And so uh, loving other people and loving one, loving other people is extremely important to Christ because that's what Christ demonstrated. Christ didn't just demonstrate love by dying on the cross. You know, a lot of the encounters he had, even the ones, now this is what's crazy, even the ones where he disciplined his his disciples, even when he rebuked Peter, he did that because he loved him, because God says, I discipline those that I love. So there's even love in discipline as well. And so... Uh, God demonstrated love in, in, you know, we've talked about the woman caught in adultery before because he had mercy upon her in Zacchaeus um, with the woman at the well, with his own disciples as he was teaching and training them. Jesus, um, the woman that was healed, uh, that um, the woman with the issue of blood that was healed. Uh, you know, when he when he went around and performed various miracles and caused the blind to see. I mean, Jesus demonstrated love in his life. It wasn't just, you know, I'm going to do a good deed here and there, but then, you know, live a sinful, reckless life. That's not what Jesus did. Jesus loved the Father. He loved the Father. And out of his love for the Father, out of his love for the Father and his, his commitment and covenant to the Father, his obedience, he... he uh, he followed, he obeyed the Lord. And that's where our obedience to God flows from. It doesn't flow from a place of where you have to. Um, you know, I used to think that growing up, I used to think that obedience to God, you know, keeping God's commands came out of a have to mentality. Well, that's one reason why People fail all the time and they get stuck in these cycles of sin because they have the wrong motivation. Are there times where you're not going to want to obey God, but you do it because, you know what, I do it because I stand upon the word and I'm committed to the Lord? Yes. But overall, 
I, this is why I stress the importance of getting to know God. Because when you get to know God personally, and you get to know his attributes, and you get to know his character, you're going to want to obey him. You're going to want to follow him. You're going to want to... Obedience doesn't become as, as hard anymore. Because when you get to know his heart, and you get to know his character, and who he really is, then you're like... This is incredible. This man, this this God is incredible. Jesus is incredible. And the the character and, and, and he's faithful. He's faithful and he's loving. And how and, and how incredible that is to have the God of the universe who put the stars in the sky and the clouds and who who has um and created an incredible earth that he loves us and he sent his son for us even when we screwed up. Um the more you get to know God and his character the more and more you're going to you're going to fall in love with him and obedience becomes easier then because it's not flowed it doesn't flow from well I got to do this so I got to obey God so I don't go to hell I got it becomes um out of love for him because you're like why wouldn't I serve a god this incredible why wouldn't I serve why wouldn't I follow um the son of god why wouldn't I do that uh and so it's like it's almost like um you know, it's 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 the difference again between knowing about someone and knowing someone intimately. You can know about someone and not know them intimately, but you know them intimately, and it's a whole different thing. I can know about, I can know things about my husband, like oh well, he drives this car and he has this, you know, and he lives here and da da da. da. But to know him intimately and to be intimate with him is a whole separate thing, a whole different thing. And that's the same with God. You can know facts about him. You can know that he exists. You can know that he created stuff. You can know that, you know, he he has a book called the Bible. You can know about him, but that doesn't mean that you know him. What does it mean to know him? Get to know him intimately. And the way that you do that is reading the word. This is why the Bible is so important. This is why it comes in handy. Um, And so... And whenever you begin to get to know God and you get to experience his love. And I say experience because um, I don't want that to be confused with, oh, it's always this big emotional thing or whatever. Um, When you, maybe experience is not the right word. When you begin to know his love and know that he loves you, uh, then it's easier for you to love others. Remember, I did a podcast where I talked about, you know, God says the two greatest commandments are, um, love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, your soul, your strength, and then love your neighbor as yourself. There's really three things in there that are important. You love God, you love yourself, and then you love your neighbor. Because someone who does not love who God created them to be cannot love who God created other people to be. So you can't, you love can't flow from a loveless place. And so it's, this is why it's, it's so important. And so it becomes easier to love others whenever we, we receive and realize that God loves us and we love him in return. And then we, and then we say, I love who God made me to be because God created me to be special. God created me with a very um, particular purpose on the earth. And he's given me gifts to do things for him and to shake the world upside down for the kingdom of God to, to uh, bring um, kingdom order back to a world that was fallen. And so... Um, it's extremely important. And if, if you, if you haven't, if you don't know that God loves you, I mean, know that God loves you, it's going to be very hard to love other people. It's going to be very hard to, to love, especially those that do you wrong. It's going to be very hard. And 
you're not always going to feel God's love. I know I'm kind of repeating from the last podcast, but I believe it's important because it relates to loving other people. You're not always going to feel like you're loved by God. You're not. You're going to go through periods of your time where you where you may feel like God is far off, but you're not called to rely on your feelings. You're called to trust the word of God. And during those times in your life, when you feel like God is far away or you feel like God doesn't love you, that's the time where you say, it doesn't matter what I feel because I I have dominion over my feelings. What matters is what's true. What matters is God's word because God is not like man that he should lie. And God says that he loves me. I believe he loves me whether I feel like it or not. And that is probably one of the hardest things that people have to overcome is their emotions and their feelings and not being led by that. Uh, But like I said before, it's going to be hard to love other people if you don't have those other areas of love and order first. (coughs) Um, Again, I've seen this in someone before. I know someone in my life uh, that um, does not love themselves and uh, because they don't love themselves, they spew venom at other people all the time and and just are, can say the most hateful things towards people and cut people down. And, um, and they do that because they don't believe that God loves them and they don't love who they are. And if you don't have those two things, then you can't, you can't love other people. It's hard to love other people. So, but it's very interesting that God says, after all that, bringing it back around, it's very interesting that God says that if you don't love, you're not of God. Um, now, some people take this and want to stretch it. They want to stretch it really far. And they want to say, um, oh, well, then that means that we that they, they, uh, they make love and tolerance the same thing. Um, that, that, oh, well, that means that we've got to tolerate all sin. That means that love means that we can't speak out against homosexuality or we can't speak out against anything like that. No, that's not what that means. It means that if I encounter someone who's homosexual, I love them because Jesus loves them. I love them. Um, but that, but one reason, so Jesus says to speak the truth in love. The way that I show that I love someone is I tell them the truth. And you can do that. You can tell the truth speak the truth in love to people. You can speak the truth in love and tell them and tell them, "Hey, you know what? Let's let's talk about this. Let's have a conversation about this." Or speaking out against what the Bible is against because if God if God is against which he is, if God is against homosexuality because that's not how he created the world to be. That's not how he created man and woman. He created man and woman. He didn't create uh homosexuality. Um, He created Adam and Eve to be united as man and wife, and that's how he created things. Anything that goes against his creation, if God is for that, we need to be for that. All right? If if God is against whatever God's against, we need to be against. Um, Because it goes against his character, his nature. It goes against his purpose and his plan for creation. Satan takes tries to take God's purpose and plan and twist it and say, oh, well, here's an alternate plan and here's an alternate thing or this is this. Uh, But it is not hate when you speak up and speak out against the things that God hates. God hates sin. Homosexuality is a sin. Now, does he love the people that are homosexual? Absolutely, because he wants them redeemed. It said, we we talked about a passage of scripture that we read earlier that says, God, God, desires all men to come to repentance. He desires all men to come to him. All, not some, all. 
So God looks at someone who's homosexual and it breaks his heart because he's like, I have a purpose and a plan for them and they're going against my very creative design for their life. You know, and, and he doesn't hate the person, but does he hate the sin? Absolutely. And we all should hate sin. We all should be disgusted by sin. But love doesn't mean, if you love someone, it doesn't mean that if they're doing something wrong, that you applaud them or you cheer them on or you say, oh yeah, go, you know, could you do that? You know, it's the same thing. Like if um, a robber, if, if someone is robbing a jewelry store, to love that person is not saying, yeah, man, rob it take it take it all take it all man here rob another one rob another one yeah keep going no if they do something wrong you know discipline god says i discipline those that i love well what's the discipline the discipline is you tell them look you don't need to do this you call the police you know and sometimes they learn from discipline and sometimes they don't um but you don't encourage wrongdoing that's not love Love is not encouraging wrongdoing. We even talked about this in regards to raising children. If you're the type of a parent that, oh, my kid can do no wrong, and and I'm never going to have boundaries for them, and they can do whatever they want, well, then you know what? They're going to have a very, very hard time because you're not you're not teaching them to obey. You're not uh, teaching them to respect authority. And if they don't have any respect for authority, how in the world are they going to have any respect for God who has all authority? You know, and, and it's not love to, to not discipline your kids is an act of hate. That's not an act. That's not an act of love. Discipline is part of love when it's done according to God's word and it's done according and it's done correctly. It's done correctly. Imagine how, you know, and there are kids walking around today that have never been told no in their life. They've never been told that this is wrong or whatever. And those are the kids that are absolutely wrecking society right now. Uh, because they've, they've been told you can do whatever you want. You don't have, there is no God, there is no authority. And you see that. And what's sad is that per, I can look at that person and say that person was not loved growing up because to be loved means that you are taught, you're taught, of course you're taught about God, but you are taught, um, boundaries. You are taught to respect authority. You are taught um, obedience to God, obedience to your parents, obedience, um, obedience to authority. Because even God set boundaries with Adam and Eve in the garden, even in a perfect world, even in a, even in when things were perfect, there were boundaries. Think about that. When the, when the world was perfect, there were still boundaries. God still told them, "You cannot eat of this tree." And yet, the world was perfect. Think about that. That's something that's kind of hard to grasp because you think, oh, a perfect world, there's no boundaries, I can do whatever I want. That's not the case because things were perfect in the beginning and God told them. He still set boundaries and he said, you can't do this. Why? He set protective boundaries. He's like, I love you. I'm protecting you from this. I'm not going to stop you because I give you free will. You you have, you have choose. I want you to be faithful to me. I'm not going to force you to be faithful to me. I'm not going to force you to obey me. But I'm going to tell you to, and I'm going to tell you what your boundaries are. And I'm going to tell you that if you do this, this will happen. He said, if you eat of this tree, you will surely die. And that's exactly what happened. God didn't lie. He told him the truth. He loved them enough to tell them the truth. What kind of God would he be if he, oh my goodness, thank you, Jesus. If he set them in the garden and he never told them about the tree. The tree's there. They see it, but he never told them about it. Would you say that's love? No, it's not love. It's not love at all. Because he, because why? I mean, that's, that's like, you know, sitting a child near a fire and, and, and not, you know, with no protection and no, no, 
how is that love to not warn people of danger, to not warn? And so God, by setting those boundaries and saying, look, I love you. I want to protect you. So I'm going to tell you, don't eat from this tree or you'll surely die. That was God's love. That was his loving heart wanting to protect his kids. So don't buy into the lie that society says today is, oh, well, loving is tolerating sin. It's tolerating everybody. It's supporting, it's supporting people that are living sinful lifestyles. No, that is not what love is. It's not. And God clearly demonstrates that throughout the Bible. He punished Israel. He punished Israel repeatedly when they disobeyed and they went astray from him. He punished them. They had consequences to their actions as we all do. There are consequences. So, anyway, so God talks again about, he talks about the importance of loving one another. And he even talks about it to the extent, like he goes physically, he's like, he talks about your heart, and he talks physically, and he's like, you know, Cain actually physically killed his brother and murdered his brother. But then he also talks about hate in the heart, if you hate your brother. This is why forgiveness is so important. And even even the hard, hurtful stuff forgiveness is important. It's important for you to pray to God that God help you work through that and process that and forgive people. Number one, because God says, if we don't forgive others, he won't forgive us. And you may say, well, why? Why is forgiveness so important to God? Because that's, because think about the the weight of forgiveness that Jesus carried when he carried the sins of the world. He carried everyone's sin. And even while he's hanging on a cross, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. Like, think about the love there. So God's saying, look at the the demonstration of love in Jesus suffering, in, in Jesus laying his life down. He's like, I want that extent of forgiveness. If Jesus can can have have be bleeding and 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 marred and nailed to a cross, and from that position still forgive people and ask his father to forgive them of their sin. If even in that moment he can do that while being ridiculed and and laughed at and spit on and mocked and everything else, if he can do it from that position, then we should be able to do it from the position that we're at. And I'm not saying that it's easy. Trust me. I have gone through periods of my life where I just did not think I could forgive someone. Uh, But I knew it's commanded by God. And excuse me. And the Lord, I, I, I just, I begged the Lord for help because I was in so much pain um, in my heart emotionally and, and it hurt and it was a process, but the Lord helped me through it. The Lord helped me. He walked me through it. He was faithful and he's like, I'm going to help you. I'm going to help you because I know right now that, that the way that you feel, that you, that your, your feelings right now, your emotions, the, the emotional pain and trauma is clouding you know, things right now. It is overwhelming right now. And the Lord was faithful to walk me through and help me through until, until I can say, I forgive this person that God, you know, I I forgive them. I release them from anything. Um, and God, I hand them over to you, release them into the hands of God and let God deal with things in your life that happen as a result of people, um, you know, uh, giving into the evil one being used by the evil one. So he even goes to the point of of talking about um you know again sorry somebody drove by uh talking about the heart. But then he takes it a step further. 
Very interesting. He takes it a step further and he says, if you see your brother in need, like that, that's what's incredible. Like, let me scroll down and look at that again. Let's see. Um, if it, it says, but if anyone has the world's goods and sees his brother in need yet closes his heart against him, how does God's love abide in him? So God not only talks about these other things, but he says, but if you see your brother in need and you close your heart to him, how in the world do you love? So it's even showing in how we dem- in demonstrate in giving. Why? Because these are characteristics of the Lord. God is a giving God. He gives. And he has he opens his heart to people that are in need. God is a giver. So whatever God does, he expects us to reflect him. We are made in his image. And if we're going to be his hands and feet on the earth, if we're going to be an extension of who God is, then we've got to have his character. And if we're going to say, I'm a follower of Jesus, I'm a disciple of Jesus, then that's got to be displayed, especially in love. And in, in, in love, our love for the Father by being obedient and keeping his commandments, but our love for others as well by being able to forgive, by not hating our brother, by being giving, by opening, by, you know, uh, uh, giving money. And here's what I will say. People that want to hold on to money and be stingy or whatever, understand where does your money come from? Because don't have this mindset of, well, my boss pays me money. Well, I earn my check. Well, I, the only reason that you're even breathing today is because God, al- God allows you to do so. The only reason you have your car, the only reason you have your house, the only reason you ate today and you have clothes today is because God had mercy upon you, is because God has blessed you. The only reason that you get money is because God has allowed you to get money. And we have to have this mindset because when we have this mindset that every bit of our provision comes from the Lord, then we can easily give it away. Then we can easily open our hearts to people in need and our brothers in need because we look at our brothers and if our brother is in need, we give because we're not worried about where it's coming from because we're not coming from a place of fear like I don't have enough or what am I going to do or a stingy place or selfish place of I earned this, I shouldn't have to give it away. We don't do that. When we surrender our finances, everything to the Lord then and, and we combine that with a heart like God's, we want to give. We want to take care of people. We want to take care of our brothers and sisters in need. We see them and we can't help but give. It's like, it's not whether we give, it's how much do we give. Um, it's being led by the Spirit. And, and what's interesting is whenever you have a heart that surrenders giving to God, God's going to highlight people in your life. He's going to highlight, he'll highlight random strangers in the grocery store. He'll highlight people in your life to be like, bless them. Just the other day, um, my husband and I were in a restaurant and my husband, um, had some money in his pocket and, uh, it was like some bonus money or something. And that, that we had had, that was a gift or, and he was sitting there and he said, I really feel like we need to give this to her. Like, I really feel like God is pressing on me that I cannot leave until I give this to this waitress. So my husband ended up giving an amount, giving a certain amount of money to the waitress because he said, I really do feel like that she has a financial need and that God wants to meet that. And I told him, I said, you need to make sure that when you give it to her, that you let her know, like, God puts you on my heart. Give glory to God. Give credit to God. Um, you know, and, and I'm not saying that to like to brag on my husband or myself or anything like that. That's just an example. And when you surrender your, your, your finances and, and, and whatever 
to, you know, you're going to, God's going to highlight people. He'll highlight people in the store. He'll highlight people in your church. He'll highlight people in your family. He'll highlight wherever. Um, you could just be in a random place and, and, and feel this pressing need. Like I got to give, but even if it's not a pressing need, even if you're just seeing people in need, you know, you hear about people that were in a fire and you're like, you know, I don't know them, but let's, let's give, let's provide, let's show love through giving. So anyway, these are, these are several different things that, that God talks about, but God makes an emphasis in deeds. And again, I'm going to circle back to say it's not legalistic because remember faith, just as faith is demonstrated, love is demonstrated. It's going to show through your deeds. I, and I'll use this example before I can say all day long if I, that I'm a great dancer, but if I don't ever dance, if I don't ever demonstrate my skill, it's just words. It's meaningless. Like nobody knows if it's for real or not. I can say that I'm a follower of Jesus and I could say, oh yeah, I love my brother. But if I'm secretly cussing my brother out all the time in my, in my mind and in my heart, or if I am, uh, or if I'm holding grudges and I'm not forgiving, um, and God sees the heart and it talks about in this, it says God knows all things and God sees the heart. It says God's greater than your heart because God sees all. So just because you don't show something on the outside that may be going on on the inside, usually it bleeds out anyway onto other people, but you can't hide from God. You can't hide anything from him because <laughs> he knows everything. I mean, we, he knows everything that you think and before you even think it. Um, so, uh, you can't, I mean, you can't hide. It's, it's going to come out eventually. So don't think that you can hide from God. Um, but I, I, I don't know. I just, I really, really liked it. I thought this was interesting. I thought, I thought that, that, you know, and especially him again, expressing that it's, it's demonstrated, it's demonstrated through not only what you have in your heart, but how you treat other people to how you give. Um, it goes back to show that, uh, God is all about, he's all about a heart after him and a heart after him will be demonstrated. It will be demonstrated in everyday life. You know, it's like the good Samaritan. Don't say you love your brother, but then you ride by someone who is, you know, who is desperate, who is, um, or you, you ride by someone like in the good Samaritan that was beat up on the side of the road and you pass by on the other side, not even batting an eye be the one that goes and, and, and takes care of them and picks them up. And here's what I will say, because some people are like, well, I don't like giving my money to, you know, homeless people because sometimes they're con men and all this stuff. Well, use the discernment of the Holy Spirit. Just pray, pray and, and ask the Lord, say, God, how do you want me? Where do you want me to give this today? How do you want me to steward this money? You know, how do you, what do you want me to do with this? Always put it in the Lord's hands and just say, God, what do you, what, what do you want me to do? Or Lord, any needs you want me to meet today, um, by the provision of your hand to, you know, f through me, tell me, you know, lay it on my heart. And, um, but even if, it, if God, you know, here's what I will say. I think there's some that are no brainers. I think there's some, some that are no brainers, but always ask to be led by the spirit in those cases. But all right, guys. Well, anyway, um, I'm tired. My mind is like, woo. So, um, I really like this portion of scripture. So I encourage you to go read first John, uh, three. It's a really good chapter. And let's, um, I hope, I hope this, let's, let's really meditate on, on what it means 
to be a child of God, how he stresses love and righteousness. And he stresses that, you know, our who we serve is going to be expressed through our lifestyle. It's going to be expressed through how we love and it's going to be expressed through our deeds. And if, and the world and here's the thing. He mentioned the world hating you because the world hated Jesus. So, if the world hated Jesus, they're going to hate you because if you're in an evil world, if if the world is is evil and 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 uh they're they're not going to love the light. Um unless the Holy Spirit calls them to repentance, they're not going to love the light. They're going to hate the light. And what's interesting is I've seen more and more things lately in the news, which I'm not even going to go into that, but where things, things, uh, things are, have been blamed on the Christians was the Christians fault. There was literally a woman the other day that blamed the gas prices on Christians. And it's like, Oh, okay. Cause that makes sense. Not really. Um, but understand that that's it, the Bible tells us that it says, look, it says if they hate you, they hated me first. So, and it's, and it says in the Bible that, that um, men hated the light and loved the darkness. Does it mean that we that we shine the light less? No, it means that we shine the light, and know that our reward, whether regardless of of what men think of us on earth, our reward is going to be in heaven. So, all right, guys, I love you guys. Hope you have a great night, and I'll come at you later with another podcast. Be blessed. <laughs>